I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, August 26, 2019. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So there wasn't a whole lot of surprises out there today. We did talk about in the weekend video a possible dead cat bounce for a few days this week, and that could or may not be the start of something, but that certainly was on the table. We had a lot of downside activity on Friday, and as such, it is normal garden variety market behavior to have somewhat of a relief rally, if you will. The market is stretched from home base. Home base is the convergence of the 20 and 100 period moving average at this point currently on the charts. Whenever the market gets far away or stretched away from home base, it has a tendency to snap back to home base. In the event it does not snap back toward home base, it can have a tendency to snap in the other direction. That's the rubber band snapping that we always discuss when markets get into these states. The last snap we saw on the downside or in the southern direction was in December of 2018. If you're new to this channel, you can go back and watch some of the videos as we move through December and you can get a sense for what was going on, what we were talking about, what the media was talking about, and then what actually happened, and it happened around the time that we were looking for it to happen. So the idea here is not that we're going to be right all the time, but the idea is to keep our pulse on the heartbeat of the market day by day, hour by hour, and we'll generally end up on the correct side as long as we're doing that. Let's pan out and get the big picture for a second. Right now, the market closed in no man's land. It was an interesting day, believe it or not. The market appeared rather quiet the majority of the day, but it was really anything but quiet from the time the futures opened Sunday night. We're going to drill down and unpack all that stuff. First, let's get a bird's eye view of really where we are. We're looking at the daily chart. It's the daily chart trend we're looking at right now. The positioning of the chart or price on the daily chart and what it all means and then we'll drill down to some other time frames. Let's start with the big picture. Bear flag pattern, bear wedge pattern, call it what you will. This is where we are. We went to the bottom end of the range. Now we're headed back toward the middle of the range. It's a wide range. Remember the word torture. Some market participants during this range, while the market goes back and forth within this range, some market participants will be subject to torture. When we have such a big down day or big up day for that matter, both things apply, whether the market is up or whether the market is down. When we have a big candle, a big day like we saw on Friday, the market can and will have a tendency to get over certain prices and then have some panic buying, bouts of short covering, you know the drill. Where are those numbers? We're going to get into that when we go down to the shorter time frame, some of the other charts that we're going to take a look at. Before we do that, let's go flip over to the futures and get down to business with what happened when the market opened Sunday night, where we went to, and then we'll circle back to where we are now because I think it's important 
important to assemble that picture as a puzzle on the table. It's certainly part of the bigger picture. We need to understand the whole ball of wax. Before we do that, let's just state some obvious stuff. There are resistance areas in between, but to me, an obvious, when we look at the daily chart, an obvious major area of overhead resistance is anywhere in between the convergence of the moving averages, that's the 20 and the 100 period, we'll call it 290 and a half for argument's sake, all the way up to the breakdown candle high, which comes in at 292.76. And this is the candle in question, the high is 292.76. So anywhere in between 290 and a half and 292.76 will be overhead resistance if the market can actually get up that high they won't just waltz through the convergence of the moving averages i'm just giving you big picture stuff we'll drill down deeper in a moment here's the daily chart of the es s p e-mini futures contract last night the futures went all the way down to the 200 period moving average right around 2810 was the number are they going to call that a triple bottom They may try, but it's not going to work because it's not a triple bottom. So first, we spike through the 200 period moving average. Then we come up short. Then we hit it pretty much on the nose. The futures were down pretty big when the market opened up Sunday night. Now here's a true story. I am watching the futures trade down to that level. I am obviously, along with anybody else who was watching at the time, curious how low were they going to go. I thought potentially we were in the midst of the rubber band breaking. It was certainly possible. Now here's a 15-minute chart, and it's really not giving us anything definitive as the market gaps down Sunday night and tries to work its way back. As it's trying to work its way back, looking at this chart, you say one of two things. Either it's going to go close the gap, or... They're just working off some of the short-term oversold condition, and you know how I hate that term, but the market was down a lot. So it could have been another dead cap bounce, and they could have hit the market again. So you really don't know. However, here's where the story comes in. As you know, I'm infatuated with the market, so I'm watching. I'm not doing anything. I'm not trading it. I'm just watching. I'm a spectator. And it's somewhere in the neighborhood of this area here. I don't remember exactly when my wife shows up and she just waltzes into the office and she says, what are you doing? And I just said, very calmly, I'm watching the market. She says, what's going on? And I say, it's getting killed. She wants to know whether that's good or bad for us. I say, it really doesn't matter. And you all know part of the reason why it really doesn't matter at this point, which is because the type of day we had on Friday, anybody that was a holder of puts had to at least take some profit. A portion, a partial, all, something. So as a matter of treating this as a business, you were required to take some profit on Friday. As you know, I look at multiple charts all at the same time. So I saw this one operating at the same time. And traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader can look at this chart, and it's not obvious. You have to look, and they can understand and know why. I said to my wife, it's going to be green by the time we wake up in the morning. They're going to screw the shorts. 
And I'm here to tell you that right here on this chart, there are at least two, maybe three, pretty darn good reasons why any trader that wanted to, and this is hypothetical, right? This is kind of in the middle of the night stuff, but it's the concept of what the chart was doing. Anybody could have traded against that low, and that would have been a good and proper trade. And it's not only because of the tail candle, or the pseudo-doji candle, or the doji candle, or whatever you want to call that candle. It's not only because of that. Now, Let's get down to brass tacks. What's going on from here? Back down to an hourly chart of the SPY and let's go through what's actually going on. So here's a range that the market traded in for the most part all day long. And at the end of the day, we busted out of that range. So now let's go and take a look at what inside the numbers members were privy to during the day. We don't have to go over the details, but something is important because it does come back around. Therefore, it's extra important. Focus in on how about up north? Where would the bulls start to really run over the bears and head more north? Getting above and closing hourly above ES 2882 would give the bulls reason to run harder and farther. SPY 288.20, that's a give or take when we transpose the numbers between the two. Now, basically, as the market was trading throughout the day, we had no choice but to say that until and unless the market broke out above the high of the day or the low of the day early this morning, then it was going to basically trade in that range throughout the day. And there's not a lot we can do with it until and unless it breaks away from that range in either direction. That was pretty much the theme of the day for the most part. But think closer for a second. That information was given out before the market opened. So it was given out before this candle even opened. Everything to the right of that black line even occurred. So what were inside the numbers members getting early in the morning? Right out of the gate, 940. Early read. High of the day is ES2876, SPY28763. That's the early bogey. Trading and closing hourly above the high is bullish. Staying below, it's likely to consolidate for a while or drift lower. That happened. There's a gap down below. Fast forward, 1035 up top. As suspected, they filled the gap. Now, the gap wasn't necessarily visible on all charts. It wasn't necessarily visible on the SPY chart. So therefore, that's why I have to look at multiple charts, multiple time frames. We're trying to see and identify things that other people don't see. That's the point. They basically stopped at the gap, turned around, and went in the other direction. Now, where's the high of the day? The high of the day is basically 287.99. Weren't we talking about 288.20 about eight hours earlier? And essentially, here's what happened. The market made a run. It failed, consolidated, pulled back, whatever you want to call it. And then it made another end of the day run one more time to get up to that important area. How do I know that area is important? By making an effort earlier in the day and then giving it another shot and pretty much closing on 288, give or take. We have to believe that that area is important. Why did the market run up there at the end of the day all of a sudden? It could have done it hours earlier. It had all day to do it. Why at the end of the day? Remember last Thursday when the market shimmied down a little bit 
at the end of the day. I said it at the time, it was a little suspicious, may not be such a good thing for the Bears, and then we had what happened on Friday occur. Well, here's another potential in the other direction, bout of what? Let's all say it together. Shenanigans. Now let's talk about things from a visual perspective. What's the daily chart telling us? It's not telling us anything. The trend is down. The market could fall at any point in time. We're caught right in the middle of the range from Friday. There's nothing we can do with this information whatsoever. What about if we go in the other direction? What's happening from a shorter time frame? Looks like a bottom was made. Looks like the market wants to work its way higher. Nothing definitive. We can easily make the case that this is essentially just a bear flag pattern that will ultimately work its way lower. That's what this chart is telling us. We have nothing definitive for a bull or bear case on this chart. Back to the hourly, can certainly make a case that the hourly chart put in a tail candle low and we're trading away in the northern direction from that tail candle. This is the candle in question. It's the last candle from Friday. And we can certainly trade up into the moving averages, working off some of the air quote oversold condition. Can certainly make that case, yet at the same time we have to recognize that the market moved down pretty heavy and we're putting in a bear wedge pattern. But that means that we can certainly trade higher and still maintain the integrity of the bear wedge pattern or bear flag pattern, whatever you want to call it. We have to recognize both sides. How about a 120-minute chart or two-hour chart? Again, same low potentially forming. Now, all of a sudden, we can begin to make the case that we have a move higher and potentially Inside of a longer-term bear flag pattern, we may have a shorter-term bull flag pattern developing. That is certainly possible. That can certainly take us up into these moving averages, maybe up toward the high of the breakdown candle. Certainly can make that case. This is why it's fascinating. Two people, two analysts, two traders, two investors can look at the same market and see two totally different things. I can see the bear case. I can see the bull case on this chart. The bear case is dominant, but from a shorter term perspective, we can certainly see why the market would be working its way slightly higher. Will the spider be able to work its way through the last breakdown candle high, 288.39? Number sounds somewhat familiar. Remember the 288.20 from before, from inside the numbers. All these numbers have meaning. They all come together depending on which chart we're looking at. They're all in proximity. When you keep coming out with numbers in proximity to one another, they're generally important numbers. Not everybody can open their mind and look at the charts in the manner and way in which I do. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean I'm wrong. It's just how I approach the market and I'm happy to share. I certainly do appreciate all those traders out there working hard, trying to learn, trying to get a handle on this big bad bear. And no pun intended, the market in general is a bear. Even in a bull market, it's a bear. What's doing over in Camp IWM? Remember the murder scene investigation? Same story, same routine. All the markets are going to trade together. If they have a big up day, they're all going to be up. 
a big down day, they're all going to be down. What can we take away from the activity today in the IWM is the important thing. The chart looks very similar in terms of today's activity against Friday. Looks similar to the spider chart. Is there anything different we can get out of today's activity? Any more information? The answer is yes, we can. The percentage of gain today means that the IWM was leading in the northern direction. That's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Generally speaking, that's going to tell me that it's on the bull side, at least from a short-term perspective, of the ledger. How about the VIX? Any information in the VIX? Not really. The VIX spiked up a little bit, finished rather flat, not really too distant from where we closed on Friday. Markets are jittery. The VIX is still elevated. It does somewhat look like the catapult picture that we discussed last week. So the market makes this big move up and then it kind of pulls back in a catapult or slingshot and all of a sudden, once it hits maximum torque, it tends to take off to the upside in this direction like that. So we'll see if that's what the VIX has in store. Doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. There's something else that we need to consider. Next up is the transportation department. But there is something else we do need to consider. And this goes for activity across all markets. We have a three-day holiday weekend coming up here in the U.S. The market is closed a week from today. Why is that relevant? It's relevant because leading up into a long or three-day holiday weekend, the markets, as we get closer to the weekend, tend to get quieter and quieter. It's the end of the summer. Labor Day marks the end of the summer. The Wall Street people don't go out to the Hamptons every weekend after Labor Day. It's an official, unofficial end to the summer. Could we have a wild week this week? We certainly could. In light of the things that happened last week, it's certainly squarely on the table. However, under garden variety, normal market conditions, we wouldn't necessarily have a wild week leading up to a three-day holiday weekend. Nothing set in stone. You can't trade off that information. It just is that, information. We have it in the back of our mind. It's a small puzzle piece. It's on the table. If we see markets continue to elevate a little bit and we get closer and closer toward the end of the week, we're going to hear discussion coming from the financial media about a recovery. That was the drop. That was the correction. That was the retest. All that stuff. We talked about it over the weekend. We talk about it all the time. Why is that? Because nothing ever changes. It's always the same routine. Do the financials look any differently than any of the other markets? They all look the same. They all look the same against Friday's candle. The conversation, no matter what chart we bring up, is really the same. Is one market stronger than another? Sure, the SMH was up a little bit more on a relative basis than the financials. The SMH is a good proxy for the tech sector. The financials is certainly a good proxy for the overall market. But can we really gain anything out of this information? It's more nuanced than anything else. We're just going to leave it alone and we're going to chalk today so far up to a dead cat bounce with the understanding that we can certainly have further upside leading into the three-day holiday weekend. Here's the $64,000 question I know is on everybody's mind. Are the lows really in? Could there be another rally to new highs? Anything's possible. We can't discount or take anything off the table right now, but I'm not in the, the lows are in camp. 
And that, my friends, is a pretty good place to pull the ripcord for tonight. I appreciate all the listeners, all the followers, all the subscribers. I appreciate everybody very, very much. I thank everybody for their vote of confidence. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.